Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... I'm your director. And Eric Wong. So this week we are covering, one week later, the 95th Annual Academy Awards. The ceremony aired two Sundays ago and was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. I think I want to start just by going through some big fun facts about this year's ceremony, and then we can maybe talk about what we thought about it. So there were 16 first-time nominees across all the acting categories, the most in Oscar history. Can you believe that? It's pretty cool. 16 first-time nominees. I didn't know that. That's really cool. It includes every single one of the best actor nominees, the five best actor nominees. And there are four Asian acting nominees, including the two winners, which is pretty big as well. And Everything Everywhere All at Once was the biggest winner of the night and swept the categories unlike any other movie since 2013's Gravity, with 11 nominations and 7 wins. And I think the craziest stat of the night is that this is the first time a single studio took home the Big Six Awards, Best Director, Best Picture, and all four acting. That's wild. A24 won all six of those. Isn't it also, there's another stat that everything everywhere at once, it has the most above the align awards in Oscar history because it won six, right? The three acting, Mm -hmm. the directing, best picture, and screenplay. The most before this was five because there's three other movies that have won the big five, best picture, the acting ones, director, and one of the other two writing ones, but... I think this is the first one that's won like the three acting wins that have pushed it over the top above other movies. Mm. I've been trying to read up on it, trying to understand it. Like, I feel like a lot of news sources are not reporting it correctly. But if my understanding is correct, then it is the movie like the most above the line awards compared to like any other movie in history. I think that's a pretty big accomplishment in itself also. That does sound about right. Because I don't remember the last movie that won Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor... And Best Supporting Actress, right? Yeah. And then also one like the writing, the producing, and the directing. Yeah. Producing meaning basically Best Picture. Well, I think production, director, and the writing awards sometimes go hand in hand. But mm-hmm. the three acting wins is something that we don't see that often, which is what you're yeah. saying with the acting pushing it over. Yeah. Uh, to pushing get over that wins, number, right? yeah, that threshold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit on your point before you go. Did you clarify that this is the first time like ever this has happened? Well, this is not the first time ever because other movies have won two acting categories, best director, best film, and best either adapted or original screenplay. Because you can't be nominated for both, Mm -hmm. but you can be nominated for one or either. There have been other movies that have won five. I swear this is the most because it has the additional acting. Because it's usually best actor or best actress or it's best actor and best supporting actress a lot of movies don't have a best actor and best actress and this movie is the same it doesn't have best actor and best actress but for it to win best actress and best supporting actress and best supporting actor in itself Mm -hmm. kind of puts it above other movies i think that sounds about right you know getting back to your question about the telecast i thought this telecast was very boring (laughs) i'm so sorry other than like the excitement from the awards itself I thought a lot of the bits were really boring. It's really sad to say this. I thought the Natu Natu was like not as cool as I thought 
it was going to be in my head. Well, we'll get to that, but I think there's a kind of a reason for that. And I think a lot of people yeah. were upset about the Natu Natu number in this telecast. Yeah, I thought the monologue was just okay. There was not as many, like like I said, bits, I think, that we've had in the last, you know, 10 or so years. And it's pushed aside so that one, shy away from any potential controversy, but then also... A lot was said about last year's telecast being like too focused on that stunt with the most popular movie or whatever, getting rid of certain categories last year. My take on this is that I would rather have something like this, which is boring and run-of-the-mill vanilla, than Mm -hmm. something that's embarrassing and controversial, which was the last two years. Last year and the year before. Dude, the year before was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, but that was like more like self-inflicted. Last year was kind of like, oh shit, this has never happened before. Yeah. Granted, they didn't have the, I don't know, uh, procedures in place to deal with that, but that's because it was kind of unprecedented, right? Yeah, who thinks that someone's going to strike someone in the face? Uh, yeah, I almost TV, don't like... blame them for that, I think. With the slap, yeah. yeah, but I'm also talking about like just cutting awards from the ceremony. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was kind of right. shitty, too. But the year before with Chadwick Boseman and Anthony Hopkins, that, that was, was a disaster. really fucking bad because <laughs> they structured that entire ceremony around Chadwick Boseman winning and they didn't know what to do when Anthony Hopkins won the award and he wasn't even there because of COVID. And then they just end the fucking broadcast on like a blank podium. That was crazy. Yeah. You know? And then they had like the Chadwick Boseman head NFTs. Really poor taste. That yeah. was really, really bad. I mean, yeah. this one was uneventful, but it went through all the awards without a hitch. I think Jimmy Kimmel was just okay, like you said. Uh, he whiffed a lot of bits. I think a lot of the bits weren't funny. But I don't know. It went from like 8.15-ish to 11.30, which is basically what these typically run. They didn't run like super over long or anything. Yeah. A nice, uneventful Oscars. Well, the thing is, I think you saying, like, you are okay with a boring Oscars where it's uneventful is a reaction to just how bad it's been. But you gotta remember, in the heydays of the Oscars, people would tune in for the Oscars. Technically, it still is, like, the Super Bowl of movies, right? It's supposed Uh to be the biggest night for the entertainment industry. We haven't talked about it yet. I mean, ratings are up this year compared to the last couple years. But it's still not back to the numbers of, like, probably they want to see. But I don't yeah. know if they'll ever get again. But yeah. was it also a reaction to see if something else shitty was going to happen this year? Or like the jokes that probably <laughs> were at the expense of Will Smith. You know, maybe that's what people were tuning in for too. But also I think Everything Everywhere at Once was a popular movie that I think people were rooting for. So like, I don't know, maybe people tuned in for that. I don't know. I think people tuned in just because there were more movies that people saw this yeah. year. I think the two years before, it was just a bunch of movies during COVID and no one even had the attention span to go and see movies. It was stuff like Nomadland and The Father and like other things that just really seemed like no one other than like hardcore movie fans were going out to see. But this year was like the rise of the blockbuster again. You had Avatar, The Mm -hmm. Way of Water, which made $2 billion, Top Gun, Maverick, everything everywhere all at once, which was like a cult hit. Elvis, The Whale, all these movies did well. So I think people are just a little more invested in awards for movies that they've seen, you know, and people kind of showed up for that. But the awards themselves, I'm of two minds on it. Mm -hmm. I'm a little conflicted because we've never had this many Asian nominees and winners, which I love to see. I love the Academy taking a chance on like 
a weird sci-fi genre movie, which it yeah. almost never fucking does. That's mm-hmm. fucking great. Very much out of their wheelhouse. But on the other hand, I do feel like this is one of the years where it's most obvious that the awards aren't handed out on merit. They're awarded on campaigning, which is always what the Oscars have been. But I felt it the most this year versus all the other years. I loved everything everywhere all at once, but they're definitely movies I love more than that. And I wish the awards kind of like spread the love a little bit. And just by spreading it a little bit, I would have felt a lot better about some of these uh, results or the ceremony as a whole. But we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. You guys have any other opinions? Like we can go through like the categories. Maybe we start yeah, with like I... below the line first. So I cannot, for the life of me, find the order of the awards in air order. I just know that the first award was animated. It was animated. It's usually supporting actress, but yeah. they switched it up with a uh, best animated film, which went to uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. You know what the really sad thing is that. I mean, I typically think I like animated movies, but I have not seen any of these movies this year. You didn't see Turning Red? No. What? I just like given up on animated movies, I guess, this last year. I've heard great really? things about Turning Red. I've heard great things about The Sea Beast, about Puss in Boots, about mm. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, even Marcel on the Shell. All these movies, like I hear great things about them. I was like, I guess I gave up on animated this year. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Weirdly enough, I'm with you on this, Derek. I haven't seen any of these. I normally like Guillermo del Toro. I have no beef with any kind of animation whatsoever. But yeah, I haven't seen any of these at all. So I really can't have an opinion. I don't know. How many of these did you see, Jeff? I saw most of them. I saw Turning Red. I saw Puss in Boots. I kind of gave up on Marcel the Shell. It's a little too twee for me. (laughs) And I saw Pinocchio. So I guess the only one I didn't see at all was The Sea Beast, which is on Netflix. Nothing against the sea beast. It just kind of wasn't on my radar. But I'm okay with the winner here. I think Pinocchio was really, really good. Uh, Stop motion animation. A lot of love and effort went into this movie. And it shows. This movie is fucking gorgeous. And I kind of like seeing one that's for... I don't want to say it's for adults, but like it's not really aimed for children like the other ones are. I mean, in this one, Geppetto's son is killed by like Mussolini's bombers during World War II. He gets blown up in a church. Wow. It's a dark, dark movie, you know? I mean, that's part of what Del Toro's speech was about, right? It was just like, you know, animation is film. And I think that's what he's trying to say. Like, it's not just for kids. You know, these movies should be taken seriously. And it probably doesn't help that I say it that I haven't watched any of these <laughs> this year. But I mean, I tend to agree with him. I, like I said, I tend to like animated movies and like animation. It's just, uh, I guess somehow, I don't know. I just didn't find myself going to theaters for any of these this year. One of the biggest trends on twitter is for people to be like animation is cinema please pay attention to animation as serious movies and then they always give examples it's like wally up cars all the pixar movies puss in boots mm-hmm. turning red you never actually name any movies that are actually for adults that are animated mm-hmm. i don't know what about something like from satoshi khan or like guillermo del toro's pinocchio you know yeah Something like Persepolis. You're always talking about, like, actual movies for children, which aren't really helping your case. But I think that is funny. I don't know. Do you guys want to move on to, like, some of the the below-the-line stuff? Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if we have to talk about like No, every, we don't have to talk about everything. I definitely haven't seen all the movies, especially in like documentary feature, like short film feature. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. One of my blind sites this year also is All Quiet on the Western Front. I know that's a big movie from Netflix and it won a lot of the technical awards, you know, like international film. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Cinematography, you know, some of those technical awards. I haven't seen it. Like, have you seen it, Jeff? Yeah. Okay. Amir, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Completely unremarkable war movie. <laughs> and also a remake of another Best Director winner. So, like, why are we doing this again? I don't mm, understand. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty well-shot movie. It's technically very, very sound. doesn't really take that many chances on anything. It's very, very forgettable. It's a hollow movie that I just did not latch onto at all. And I was more mad that this looked like it was almost about to sweep at one point during the ceremony, more than, like, everything everywhere all at once. And I was yeah. like, I'm not feeling good about this. But thankfully, it didn't have, like, the momentum to take home all the awards. Well, a lot of those below-the-line, like, technical awards come in, like, in the middle of the show, and that's where you started to see this, like, yeah. wave of, like, all quiet, all quiet, all quiet, you know? Yeah. You, you saw by the end, you know, that wave fell while everything everywhere all at once is wave was just like, coming up at the end, you know? Like, it, it mm-hmm. rode that wave till the end, so. Yeah. So... Makeup and Hairstyling, uh, one of the Below the Line Awards. Nominees were All Quiet, The Batman, Black Panther, Elvis, and The Whale. And it ended up being The Whale that took it home. The Whales are just okay with the makeup. It was just Brendan Fraser in a fat suit. And I don't know, some people think it's problematic. I just don't think the makeup effects are like that incredible mm-hmm. in it. I would have much rather seen something like... Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. Yeah. Elvis mm-hmm. was really, really good. I mean, they had fat Elvis at the end, too. That was pretty good. Austin Butler in the. Yeah, Colin Farrell being fat in the Batman. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Colin Farrell penguin makeup is pretty good. I really yeah, like that a lot. It's great. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's great. Like, I've talked to people who didn't know that was Colin Farrell. You know what I mean? Uh, I wouldn't even put it over Black Panther Wakanda forever. I had a yeah. lot of good stuff with uh, the Wakandan hairstyles. And the, the blue people. Yeah. <laughs> blue water people of the telecon. <laughs> I'm just going to say I don't like that this is like a category of best fat suit. That's a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah. a little, I don't know, like, I'm not Mr. Like, you know, hit the problematic light, but yeah, that's a little weird when you stop and think about it. Like, why is it just besides Wakanda Forever, all the things we're mentioning are like, oh, someone playing a fat guy. I don't know. Hire a fucking fat actor. I don't know. It's a little sus. Well, I, I think partially we're kind of making light of it because first thing when they were doing that little montage of why it won, I mean, the makeup for that movie was really just Brendan Fraser, right? If you're thinking about it, it is really just about how they made him large in that movie. I agree with Jeff. I think you have these characters that have those elements in the Batman, in the Elvis, but then there's other things that they do with, especially the Batman. Like, I mean, you got freaking like superheroes in costumes right and you have black panther you have actually people like in costumes and makeup and hairstyle that goes with those i don't know man i don't see why the whale had to win this one yeah if you feel like you've got to bow to popular opinion and start giving awards to these superhero movies you know maybe makeup and costuming and some of these below the line of categories are are where they would actually deserve to be you know yeah, um, yeah. if you're gonna do it i'm not saying you i mean to, what's the but... kind of do i mean we can get into like costume right i mean that actually this year went again back to uh, Ruth Carter, right? I mean, that was kind of cool. I mean, she's the first, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a stat, right? I, I think she's the first African-American to ever win two Oscars. Yes. Is the stat I read, 
which that is, is kind of crazy, right? Like no That's other African American actress, yeah, who's ever won a second Oscar. Like she's literally the first African American to win a second Oscar. She won originally for the original Black Panther, and now she won again for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Yeah. I thought the costumes were really great in the first movie, and I think they're really cool in this second movie. I definitely think she does deserve this award. Yeah, I'm not upset about that one, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same here. There's a case to be made about Elvis and everything everywhere yeah. all at once, and even Babylon. I mean, I haven't seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, but that one does seem like the outlier. Speaking of Babylon, <laughs> the, <laughs> the one place I thought it might win an award would have been original score. Mm. I mean, I love Justin Hurwitz's music. I mean, I've already kind of talked about, I knew it wasn't going to win anything most likely, but I thought maybe it might win this one. And I mean, I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front, but I don't know. I was rooting for Babylon for original score. I might be with you on that. I Mm -hmm. do like Justin Hurwitz a lot. And there's a certain audacity to use the music from Babylon to promote the Oscars you know, with the montage music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then not, not award it. <laughs> and make it a butt of so many jokes at night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the Babylon score is easily the most recognizable and, like, the most standout of all of these. I love all the other movies, other than All Quiet on the Western Front, I think more than Babylon. But I don't think their scores stand out to me more than Babylon. Yeah. Yeah, not even, like, everything, everywhere, all at once. Well, moving from one music category to the other, what do you guys think of the performances? Because I know that's one thing that the Oscars like to do is like, you know, have performances of each of the original songs. Um, what do you guys think of those this year? They were okay. Yeah, not impressive. Yeah. I like the Rihanna performance because I do like that song. and Yeah, and she was great. But I, and I've already kind of already said like the Natu Natu performance was just, I don't know, in my head, it just, it was so much better. I guess just replaying the actual movie in my head and like going back and watching that maybe. Yeah. I, I was pretty disappointed with the performance that night. Well, they were going to get N.T. Ramarao Jr. and Ramshram as the dancers, as the primary dancers for the number, but they couldn't get them and they just used whatever other dancers and there wasn't a single South Asian dancer in that whole group. Isn't that crazy? Wait, what? It's pretty wild. Yeah. Not a single Indian or South Asian dancer in that entire group of dancers. And people are very, very upset about it. Wow. Isn't that wild? I didn't even realize that. That's crazy that you're telling me that right now. Yeah, that's like the big controversy here where like, I mean, they should be rightfully upset about that. It seems like they were just doing this to give a spotlight to an Indian movie and then you don't get any... South Asian dancers. That's not a good look. Choreograph or dance? Come on, man. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Those are the original singers, though, right? Or no? Am I wrong? I believe they were the the singers were original from yeah. the movie, but I don't mm-hmm. think the dancers or the choreographers the dancers, were. Yeah. yeah. My fiance showed me this. I guess they had this going on like TikTok or Twitter or whatever. It was a side by side of the actual performance that night and like a rehearsal mm-hmm. of the dance and then like you can see it side by side did the rehearsal look a lot better yeah, whoever shot the rehearsal the camera angles the angles that they were using the way they shot it was so much better really why didn't they do that why didn't they use those exact same camera that's angles? so funny because it looks so bad in the original tell yes i think and i think partially because they're trying to pan out to show you like the whole stage so the way they did the the rehearsal it's a little bit more eye level 
it's like swooping in and out of the dancers. It's so much cooler. If you can find that video, I would yeah. suggest go watch that. The actual rehearsal for that dance is so much cooler than the actual what they had on the telecast. It was so bad. And then speaking of original song, I did not know that that's what This Is A Life sounds like from Everything Everywhere All At Once. It sounds like ass. It sounds <laughs> terrible. That was not great. Dude, that song sucked the ass. And I like David Byrne a lot. I love David <laughs> Byrne. What the fuck happened? <laughs> sound like yeah, shit. No clue. There's like no melody. There's no hook. What's going on? That's yeah. not what it sounds like on the soundtrack, is it? I don't know. Maybe it's been so long since I've listened to the soundtrack. But I was like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. We got one big win each for like the two big blockbusters this year, right? Yeah. One being visual effects went to Avatar The Way of Water. I really don't think anything else could have stood in its way. Yeah, no to way. To me, that was the clear winner. And then when it came to sound, I'm, I'm really happy at least Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun. Got yeah. one award, recognized for something. Two very well-deserved awards. I would have lost it if either of those lost those two. One thing I really enjoyed the telecast is like anytime Top Gun Maverick was mentioned, did you guys notice there's like one person in the audience that was screaming so loud? There's like <laughs> there? one very yes. If you watch it again, like there's one very audible person that's just like screaming at the top of her lungs, and I'm like whoever you are, if you're somehow listening to this, congratulations, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy right there. <laughs> yeah, whoever that was, you know, two thumbs up. I know we haven't really talked about like short film or documentary. Jeff, did you watch any of the documentaries this year? I watched a couple of the documentaries. I didn't watch the shorts, but I watched the documentary features. Mm-hmm. I would have maybe picked anything other than Navalny, which is like a clear <laughs> audience favorite. It's the safe choice, but I think all the other ones are just a lot more interesting. I haven't seen A House Made of Splinters, but I've seen all the other ones. I actually really like All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, the Nan Golden documentary. That one was really good. Fire of Love, even. I just wasn't that crazy about Navalny. Um, just telling the story that we all know. What but- was the award that night? They came up and they brought on... Someone from the doc... It was it the documentary short and they sung Happy Birthday to the guy? Oh, yeah. I don't remember actually what award that was. But I thought that was a really cool moment. You know, they said a couple words and they were like, hey, I want to dress this time for everyone and like sing Happy Birthday. I thought that was actually kind of cool. I thought it was really messed up and maybe like... I haven't noticed it in the last couple of years, but awards that nobody cared about, they would not let a second person speak. Yeah. A couple of times where like a second person tried to say something. And yeah, they played as, them like, off right they away. They just played them off right away. They would mm. not let them speak. I was like, damn, that's Keeping sucks. that runtime tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, these people like won awards. Just give them a second. But man, they just would not let a second person speak. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's get to the screenplay awards. I mean, we got a best adapted screenplay, the winner, Women Talking. Another movie that I missed out on and I didn't actually get to see. The other nominees, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun Maverick. I don't know, Jeff. Did you see this movie? Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. This movie has a lot of shooters, so don't fucking come after me. But Women Talking is a big oof for me. Mm-hmm. I think I've been avoiding talking about this movie just because it has shooters everywhere. But now that award season is over, maybe I can just give some brief thoughts on it. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has a beautiful thesis. It has admirable points it tries to make. but. This thing was specifically manufactured for people on social media to cheer on and, like, agree with. It is so unchallenging, and its primary aim is to just be agreeable. At one point, the movie literally goes, but not all men, and then it pans to the one guy in the entire movie, you know? (laughs) 
I don't think this should have won adapted screenplay. I'm sorry. I love Sarah Polly and like I get behind the message of the movie. I just think the movie itself is not very good. Also, it's ugly as shit. It's mm. literally almost unwatchable. It's so hideous. Why does this movie look like that? I do not know. The color grading on this thing is just off the charts bad. I just don't understand why it looks like that. Would you have wanted to see, I guess, win this instead? I don't know. A lot of people don't agree, but maybe Top Gun Maverick? People are like, oh, it's an action movie. It doesn't have a screenplay. That's not true at all. Mm -hmm. I think we covered this on the nominations episode where, you know, I think that screenplay, that script is airtight. The peaks and valleys of all the action and, like, all the quiet lulls in it it's perfect i mean i would have liked to see anything but women talking when i'm sorry what about glass onion i like glass onion a lot but i don't know that screenplay is yeah. that airtight bulletproof as something like top gun maverick i haven't seen living so i wouldn't know Maybe yeah either, but yeah i agree on glass onion i think i liked it the least out of all of us i, I wasn't putting it up there mm -hmm. for I, my I know, own yeah. like <laughs> i wasn't putting it forward for myself, I just wanted to see what you thought about it. I don't think it was that airtight at all. Typically, I would want to just switch over to original screenplay, but I feel like we should probably end and just talk about all the awards that Everything Everywhere All at Once won. Talk about at them once. all like, at you once, you know? Actor? So, yeah, I think the next natural place to go is Best Actor, right? Because it's the only other award I feel like that's worth talking about right now that wasn't won by Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, Best Actor nominees, Brendan Fraser. Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nighy. I think, you know, I've seen most of these performances and I was going between, I think I was going between Butler and Frazier. Like, I understand why Frazier won, but I would have been also very happy if Austin Butler won, I think, this award. What about Colin Farrell? I think I like Butler as Elvis more still. For me, there was a lot of depth in the Elvis character, especially because part of a biopic is you see them in multiple stages of their life. So, like, for him to have to play all those, I think there was a lot more for me to kind of latch on to with the Austin Butler portrayal. But, like, I guess I wouldn't have been mad if Colin Farrell won. For me, I always thought it was a race between Frazier and Butler. I loved Colin Farrell and the Banshees of Inishirin, mm -hmm. but Butler's my guy on this. I was behind him all the way for Elvis. He is just a fucking force of nature in Elvis doing something that I just haven't seen in a biopic in a long, long time. I mean, Rami Malek, come on, man, like, eat your heart out, you know? <laughs> this blew that out of the water. I'm happy for Brendan Fraser. I like him a lot. It's another one of those career awards, though, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think it's a career award because I do think he's quite good in the whale. Is it like a sorry we let you get molested award? Like, what's the... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's definitely a little bit of a shaggy dog narrative, especially around Brendan Fraser and Kihue Kwan, I think, this mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. where I do think Kihue Kwan did deserve his Best Supporting Actor win. I'm not sure that Brendan Fraser deserves the actor in a leading role award here. I think Butler is just way better than he is, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I can't be too upset. Yeah. I like Brendan Fraser as a guy, and I'm rooting for him, and... That's how they get you. That yeah. is how they get me. That is how they get me. I mean, admittedly, yeah, there's this cloud of, is the Brendan Fraser win more of a, you know, he's got the better story, you know, it's like the comeback story, maybe it is his time kind of thing yeah. that he was kind of alluding to, you know what I mean? Like, 
Admittedly, I do think Austin Butler's performance is better than Brendan Fraser's, but I can see why Brendan Fraser won. Like, it's still a great performance. Like, he is, uh, I, I wouldn't say that. I think Hong Chao's really good in that movie, too, so. Hong Chao acts circles around everyone else in that movie. I'm sorry. She's just so good. I don't know. Brendan Fraser, I'm sorry. You should have won for Bedazzled. <laughs> you guys remember that movie with uh, Elizabeth Hurley as Elizabeth the devil? Hurley, yeah. That's right, yeah. Like I said, I feel like it's a good story, and I am curious to see how maybe this narrative changes in a couple of years looking back at the swin yeah i mean this just goes to how the oscars are about campaigning and not about yeah. the actual performances or the quality of the nominees right it's the story like you said it's the story are people gonna go back and be like oh i'm gonna watch the whale off the strength of brendan fraser's performance i don't know some people are i mean ashley loves this fucking movie she's okay. like this was really really good she's mm. like i'll rewatch it i think general audience reception for this movie is definitely much more favorable than like the critical consensus all right let's jump back to the original screenplay so this is the point where we're just gonna now have to talk about everything everywhere all at once because it won what seven awards tonight Mm -hmm. six of them above the line and i guess the one that's not above the line right i believe is editing it did win which i mean i don't have much to say than great i don't know if i have any kind of say or any kind of real feeling about film editing i understand it's a really big proponent to movies and like the tone of movies it's just i'm a person that it's really hard for me to like nitpick about editing because i'm just not skilled at that and seeing those edits maybe you two are better at telling me why maybe this movie deserves that editing award i'm not crazy about the everything everywhere all at once editing one i think it could have gone either to elvis and tar Mm -hmm. those are to just impeccably edited movies in different regards. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing really special about it, but people are like, oh, look at all the shots and all the match cuts. I mean, I don't know. Some of that's just... Yeah. But Tar's storytelling through editing is phenomenal. Elvis is just fucking out of its mind with its editing, which is a whole (laughs) other thing. When you say that, I'm kind of like, fuck, it kind of has to be Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) When I stop and think about it. That maximalist editing is like something that I really, really like. So I would have liked to see either Elvis or Tar go home with that. Spread a little love. Especially when Tar and Elvis went home like empty-handed. That fucking yeah. sucks. Dude, that's that really a sucks. fucking travesty. We haven't even talked about that, right? Yeah. Three big movies, Banshees, Elvis, and Tar, all of them didn't go home with anything, right? And Fablemans. And Fablemans, yeah. Which Four is big insane. That- I mean, this is what I was talking about earlier. If they spread the love just a little bit with some of the awards going to any of those movies, I would have been a lot happier. Especially with the ones where I don't think everything everywhere all at once deserved, especially with something like editing, mm-hmm. you know? I think the editing in Banshees is probably the weakest, so I don't think that should have won editing. There's some wonky stuff in that, but what were you saying, Amir? So which one of these everything everywhere wins, since we're just kind of doing it all? Which one of these do you think was its most deserved win? Ooh, most deserved win. Probably best supporting, supporting actor. actor. But, I don't know, there are a lot of performances I liked in that lineup, too. Banshee's representation with Gleason and Keoghan. I like Judd Hirsch being nominated for The Fablemans, even though no. I mean, you don't agree because he was <laughs> no. in the movie for not as long as anyone else. He was in the movie for like seven minutes. Yeah, it's a fucking cameo. I don't think he can yeah, win. Yeah, I'm sorry. A supporting I, actor I'm for with a fucking, on this one. No. For a fucking cameo. He was great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an anti-Judd Hirsch, but... Yeah. 
But I don't know. I think Kiwi Kwan is the one to take it. I think yeah. he does deserve it. He's got the story and the performance, you know? Yeah, like, he knocked it out of the park. But going back to the original screenplay, to tell you the truth, I was a little surprised by original screenplay. I was kind of surprised by director. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's stick with screenplay then. Yeah. Okay, so you screenplay, like, yet. I mean... Oh, I mean, I haven't seen Triangle Sadness, but honestly could have seen probably any of these movies win. Over everything? Yeah. I think Tar is written really well. Banshees, I think, Dude. could have really taken this one for me. Yeah. As the one that maybe deserves this award. Yeah. So this was a little bit of a surprise when this came around. I was like, wow, they took a screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder, is it not Tar? It's got to be Tar. Like, just for that opening sequence alone, you know, where they introduced her as the EGOT winner and she's talking yeah. about her work with the uncontacted tribes and blah, 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 blah. That whole thing is incredible. Yeah. The opening scene, the Juilliard scene. Yeah, the Juilliard scene. Fuck. All the stuff with Nina Haas in it. Yeah. I think it's fucking Tar. I mean, I love Banshees too. Banshees was like my favorite movie of last year, but that original screenplay Kinda for Taurus. gotta be Tar, right? Yeah. Todd Field was so sad about being shut out, he stopped making movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so upset if Todd Field doesn't make another movie. Mm. That's what he's saying, right? I mean, this is the scuttlebutt, right? Wow. Dude, he's young, too. He's not even 60. Yeah. I agree. Like, I think Tar, well-deserving. But again, I think about the different monologues from every one of the main actors in that movie. Yeah. Like, great scene. Going back to one of your favorite scenes of the year, Amir, the thud of the... Like, I would have loved to Oof. read how that's written in the screenplay, right? Yeah. The severed fingers hitting the door. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I love Top Gun Maverick, but I think Banshee's has to take best sound just for those fucking finger thuds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm hearing it now. Fuck. Yeah. But I wouldn't count out the Fablemans either. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to say I at least agree with you, Derek, that I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is one of the weaker ones in this category, along with Triangle of Sadness. And to find out that it won is kind of ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. I think Triangle of Sadness is bad. I don't think it's a good movie. So that's clearly the outlier here. But The Fableman's Tar and Banshees are all three better than Everything Everywhere All at Once, I would say, in a original screenplay. Yeah, got to agree. This is a little bit of a oopsie by the Academy. Yeah. I already mentioned offhand about, not that it didn't deserve, but it was a little bit of a shock to me, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to directing, I guess I can see it only because there is so much going on here. Parts of it are very internal and like very much like a drama, but then also there's action. So like directing wise, maybe it, it shouldn't be as big of a surprise. But then I don't know. I mean, Steven Spielberg could have wanted alone that shot of Sammy like figuring out that his mom is cheating on. Dude, him. like that's come a great on. scene. That one scene is like better than all of everything everywhere all at once. I mean, come <laughs> on, <man. laughs> damn. Okay, let's. let's Damn, Jeffrey Zhang, race trader. I'm kidding. Um, but, I mean, we've already talked about amazing scenes in Tar, like the one-take Juilliard scene and, like, the long extended takes of the interview at the beginning. I think directing – this was a hard category to win, too, I think, in my mind. Yeah, like, I will easily seed Best Picture to everything, everywhere, all at once, just because of the campaign and the momentum that it put forward during the awards season. But – they need to spread the love with, like, some of the other awards. I think directors should have gone to Todd Field or Steven Spielberg here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what happened here. Yeah. I mean, I know what happened. I'm just not happy about it, but... Out of all these movies, I think, I mean, besides those thuds of the fingers, Tar is one of the ones I think about the most. Yeah. 
And that's always a good sign for a movie's like quality when it's just one of the ones you can't get out of your head. I remember criticizing like that middle act of Tars a little bit flabby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not taking that back, but I, I, I do still think that even with that mark against it, it's better than everything everywhere in the directing yeah. category. I, I think it's I think tar, about tar all the time too. We just like walking down the streets, like, oh, that Lydia Tar. <laughs> <laughs> right. That fictional character that people thought was fucking real. Right? Yeah. Like, come on. That's, that's just how all, good right? the acting that's was. That's how fucking and... good it was, right? Like, I think I buried the lead a little bit when I said, I think the biggest surprise, at least for me, of the night was Jamie Lee Curtis's win as best supporting actress yeah that's the big oopsie that's the biggest oopsie of the night and this is so bad to say i mean this definitely screamed like campaign this definitely screamed career award maybe is this so bad to say or is it true because it is fucking true a thousand percent a career award yeah the thing is like angela bassett i think is really great in you know that one clip that keeps circulating from black panther wakanda forever it is also like a really great scene and is more impactful to me as a best supporting actress than Jamie Lee Curtis was in this movie. I agree, but I also think you shouldn't be able to win for a comic book movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I know both of those should be at the bottom of the list. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like, I know Angela Bassett had a huge support and she did have a lot of momentum behind her. Absolutely, momentum coming into this, and I thought she was going to win. So to get away from the career narrative. It wouldn't have been her, right? Like, I think if Angela Bassett won. That also would have been a career. That would have been there, too, to kind of underline this win. In my mind, the actual winner that I would have wanted to see that I think were the best supporting actresses in their movies were either Carrie Condon or Stephanie Hsu. If either of those ones, or even Hong Chao, actually. Even Hong Chao, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Any of the other three that we're not talking about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If they won. If they won, I would have been totally happy and totally been like, they were the best supporting actresses of their movie. It's really weird that like Jamie Lee Curtis and both Angela Bassett were like, I think the front runners. And yet they were the ones that I felt would have had that underlining, like, this is the career win. Yeah, the asterisk next yeah, to it. Yeah, the asterisk, yeah, next to it, which is like not right. always yeah. the best and, thing. And to the, have. the problem with doing that is that it ends up being this like self perpetuating cycle, right? Because mm-hmm. like if you give no, it, it's like compounding. Yeah. If you give it to Jamie Lee Curtis this year, you're taking it away from like Carrie Condon, who should have won this year. So later in Carrie Condon's career, maybe she gets a bone thrown at her and gets a career And then one. she takes it from someone else. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And it just becomes this enormous issue where it's like at some point, kind of have to put our collective foot down and be like, okay, we're not doing these bullshit participation trophy millennial awards for boomer actors and actresses, right? Like, yeah. let's, I don't know, try to figure out what the best performance of the night is. I don't know. I just want to say it's wild to include Jamie Lee Curtis in the category with Stephanie Hsu. You recognize both these actors and you recognize how good Stephanie Hsu is. There's no way Jamie Lee Curtis can even hold a candle to mm-hmm. Stephanie Hsu's performance in that movie. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis should have won for Freaky Friday. <laughs> it actually really surprises me that she won because they're from the same movie. And a lot of times, you know, when people are from the same movie, they cannibalize each other, right? Like cannibalize right, the yeah. votes in a way where they know each other out. So it was really surprising to me that Jamie Lee Curtis still was the winner and it really does scream career award to me it's so bad but maybe yeah. it is true and she kind of talks about it as a career award yeah and like interviews and stuff a little bit she's like i've been in this game since for like however many years blah 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 and i've recognized she's been like this genre queen for her whole life you know what i mean like, so yeah. like she kind of even talks about it that way yeah 
Well, I mean, that leads into Best Actress, too. Because mm-hmm. that's how Michelle Yeoh's been talking about her win for Best Actress. Oh, interesting. I haven't picked up that same thread in her comments. Well, I mean, she's been saying a lot about her entire journey as an actress and, like, how this has been building up to, like, the recognition that she deserves throughout her whole entire career. So, I mean, that's another career win, I think. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because it's Kate Blanchett's award, right? Like, this should have been Kate Blanchett. Because uh, I am very, very happy for Michelle Yeoh. I love mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh. Of course, tremendous actress. Tremendous actress, tremendous action star. But this award was Kate Blanchett's. I'm sorry. To sound like a like, race there's, trader. Like, there's no question. There's no, <laughs> there's no question. question. There's no question. I don't even think Everything Everywhere All at Once is Michelle Yeoh's best performance. We talked about this before mm-hmm. in the nominations episode. I think she does way more nuanced and layered work in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But Kate Blanchett fucking acted circles around every single other person in this category. It is unreal. And it sucks that the narrative is that, oh, she's already got a bunch of Oscars. Let someone else have it. So what? Give that's her not more what the if she's Oscars earned them. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let her Meryl Streep the fuck out of it if that's what it is. Right? Yeah. She's just that good. I'm sorry. I mean... I'm not mad about this. <laughs> I, I get what you guys are saying, but like, for some reason, this doesn't bother me as much. I can't be mad about it. I'm not mad about Whatever, it. It's also, not I don't mad. care enough to be mad about it. I'm yeah. not mad. No one online say I'm mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty, I'm not mad about it either. But yeah, this is clearly Cape Melchester Award, right? I mean, really At least to go to Andrea Riseborough. Jesus. Oh, no, God. <laughs> Jeez. Not to knock her performance because I haven't seen it, but that's just grassroots bullshit. You know, she's great in Possessor, though. Did like her in that one. All right. Well, the big award of the night, typically the last award of the night, except for two years ago, (laughs) uh, (laughs) went to, again, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I think, Jeff, you kind of mentioned it already. You weren't as upset, right, that this was the best picture. I mean, I think this was my favorite. With the caveat that they spread the love to some Mm. other movies, which they did not. So this does bug me a little bit, but... I can't be mad about this win either because, mm-hmm. you know, just celebrating a sci-fi movie, a genre movie that is just so different from Oscar tradition, breaking from that Oscar tradition, I think I'm okay with this win. I just wish that director, screenplay kind of went to some of the other movies. but Yeah, I, I agree. I think aside from supporting actor, this is probably like the next best everything everywhere win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I think in the other categories, there were pretty clearly better choices. But this one, I'm kind of male. I'm like, if you think Everything Everywhere is the best period movie of the year, good for you. Great. That's fine. We could disagree on that. That's totally cool. And it's not <laughs> like it's a movie I hated or something. Like, sure. Yeah. I really did like the movie. It's cool that this is, like you say, it's a genre picture. It's Asian representation. It's very different. Very out of the Academy's wheelhouse. And, like, there are a lot of reasons it's very cool that they selected it. So... Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. one of the one I'm like the least. Again, I'm not mad, but if I was to be mad, this is the one I'd be the least mad about. <laughs> yeah, so I think, say, Steven Spielberg, if he won Best Director, and then if Kate Blanchett won Best Actress, I would have been a little more comfortable with this win. You know what I mean? So I do want to talk about that a little bit. Aside from, like, we've already had our opinions about the categories we thought might have went to another movie to spread the love out a little bit. I feel like that's kind of what the Oscars have been doing the last 10 years of the Oscars, right? I don't know. I found it maybe not refreshing, but surprisingly pleasant that all these awards did go to one movie. It seemed like maybe 
the narrative was predictable, but I don't know. It's a good story, right? At the end of the day, where this very heavy Asian led and directed and written and produced story is being awarded so many awards of the night. Yeah. Again, I can't be mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. All I'm saying is that there are better movies this year and some of these awards should have gone to more deserving hands, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm not super upset about it. You know what? It's not Crash. It's definitely not Crash. It's, not it's crash. definitely not it's Green not Book. Green Book? I was going to say right. Green yeah, Book. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's not Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. It's not Coda. Yeah. So yeah. we're okay here. We're okay. I don't think this will age poorly at all. I think it'll age pretty well, I think, probably. Mm-hmm. Also, another award that I was kind of bummed about, international feature film, where Decision to Leave should have been in, mm. but it was shut out even in all the nominations. So... I mean, if you're talking about cinematography, Decision to Leave should have been in there. If you're talking about Best Director, Decision to Leave should have been in there, you know? And then Mm -hmm. International Feature Film, Decision to Leave definitely should have been in there. So, sucks that it was not nominated. But what are you going to do? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, the last thing I want to say is, I mean, if this is any indication for next year's Oscars, I mean, I think our Best Picture is going to either be Air or John Wick. (laughs) <laughs> or Evil Dead, right? Oh or a Rink? Well, no, it's got a premiere at South by Southwest, <laughs> uh, South right? South by Southwest, yeah. <laughs> Joking aside. <laughs> Speaking as someone who has seen John Wick 4, I would like to campaign for John Wick 4's best <laughs> picture. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you liked it that much? Yeah, it's good. Good, it's good. Oh, that's one. good to hear. Because I remember you thought that 3 was a little bit of a step back, right? It was, it was. But 4 knocks it out of the park? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, okay, awesome. all right. Let's not get too far ahead of what we're probably going to be talking next week. But um, yeah, we'll end the bleeding there. <laughs> Pun intended. I think that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me on Twitter, lambasting all of everything everywhere. All at once is wins on my anonymous <laughs> account. What about you, Derek? Yeah, you can find me at the World's OK's Photos and Screen Age Skill on Instagram. If you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get this show, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our show out to more people. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on the 95th Oscars Academy Awards, Feel free to shoot us an email and don't hurt me too bad for not liking women talking. <laughs> uh, we like getting listener mail. Sometimes we read it on the pod. So with that, we will see you guys next week for John Wick Chapter 4. See you next week. See you guys then.